Hey y'all and welcome back to Dear Demi the Pod. My name is Janicia and I am just a regular schmegular degular first time mom just trying to figure this stuff out. So the purpose of this podcast is really to just document my journey through pregnancy, postpartum, and just being a first-time mom in hopes that one day my dear Demi can actually listen back to these firsthand accounts of my life and everything it is that I'm experiencing and growing through loving loathing and everything in between. Oh, and also I am a dog mom to my first child, Beanie, TJ Maxwell, well, Bean, TJ Maxwell, and the best girlfriend that he's ever had, um, a girlfriend to my man, Carlos. And so welcome or welcome back. I'm excited for you to join me for today's episode. And so let's get into it. So if you hear a little music in the background, that's because this week's baby break is brought to you by my man, DeCarlos. He is currently downstairs with the baby. So if you didn't know, which I think I probably have mentioned this, but both of us work from home full time. Um, And so we're not ready yet to put Demi in daycare, like because of COVID and everything that's going on in the world, because we're still like just getting used to her and we don't want her to have to go. She's still learning. Us. I don't know. We we want this time. And then also because y'all, that's a whole nother bill, a big bill, big, big, big bill. And so we're just, you know, checking it through, figuring it out. But Carlos has been so great, way better than I have been at managing this because it's like me. I compartmentalize. Work time is my work time. Baby time is my baby time. Baby daddy time is my baby daddy time. Doggy time is that. Yeah. But I'm learning now through motherhood. Mm-mm. Autumn compartment. Girl, get rid of it. And so, but he does when I do need time to just like sit in work, whether that be like on my job or my new content creation endeavors, he is like my biggest fan, biggest champion, and like just so great and everything in between. I love him. I don't say it enough. If you don't follow me on social media, well, on Instagram, you should at Jamesia Terry, J-A-M-E-S-I-A-T-E-R-R-Y. I know my name is so long, but I made this cute little reel of my man with um snow allegra song i want you around which that's one of our songs um and i intentionally like there are like a few clips that include the baby but the majority of it is just carlos and i because like we're just figuring out like this whole life in this episode this week's episode is about postpartum but our relationship has like taken a, a hit and people tell you this and in the beginning you're like, nah, that ain't going to be me. Like we're going to be good, which we are. We're okay. Like we're fine. We still love each other and we still have desires to be with each other. But when I tell y'all like things have, have gotten like so monotonous and just like some days I'm like, Carlos, when's the last time we gave each other a hug? Or when's the last time like we talked about something other than the baby? And so we've been intentional in the last couple weeks about just grounding ourselves with with God and with each other so that we can be 
good great parents to Bean and Demi. <laughs> yes, I threw in Bean. Um, but shout out to him because postpartum has not been the easiest for me. And he's just like, he's just been here, like taking the punches. I mean, no, that's not a great thing, but that's just what the reality has been. But then also just cheering me on and doing whatever it is that I need him to do without me having to ask, like, y'all get you a man like mine. Like I don't cook, I don't clean. And like, yeah, some people may be like, that's not something to brag about, but I do those things, but I don't do them as often as Carlos does them because he's just giving me space to to be and do what I need to do to fill my cup. I feel like, and I'm going to do a completely <laughs> another episode on like postpartum relationship, blah, blah, blah. But um, he knew just, he, the person that he fell in love with and met before I became a mom, like he was truly like in love with that person, that woman, the drive that I had, the ambition, just the no nonsense, like the take on any task and kill it. And like, he was so in love with that. And I think it's been really difficult for him, like being in love or falling in love with postpartum mommy version of Jamesia, because some days like y'all, I do literally do not get out of bed. And when I say do not get out of bed, like do not get out of bed. I literally sit in the bed. I feed my child. We wake up, take naps. I use the bathroom, get back in the bed. Like right after the baby, it was even worse. And so, um, but he's been here like being patient, like through it all. But now I'm finally like, we're almost six months into this and I'm finally like finding my footing again and, and figuring out this new version of myself, because I know the old version of me is, is that version in itself is gone. And so the new version of me includes pieces of who I was before, plus pieces of who I am now. Like, uh, it's so much, it's so much, but shout out to my man. I love you so much. I don't even know if you listen to this. I finally told him that I was doing this because his feelings were kind of like hurt that um we were no longer doing our podcast together <laughs> but we're hopefully gonna pick back up with that soon because that was time that we had to just spend with each other and ask each other questions and he thinks he's funny and I know I'm funny and so just that combination together is very it's fun um so yeah shout out to you my man and that's what this week's baby work is dedicated to and then our mommy moment for this episode is y'all have my first mommy moment of uh, nursing a sick baby and not nursing as in like breastfeeding her, but like taking care of a sick baby. So dun, 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 I brought COVID into our household. I did. I did. Um, I started showing symptoms. Um, these dates are not going to mean anything because, um, I like pre-record or whatever, but, um, I started showing some, showing symptoms a week ago on a Monday and, um, I went and got tested on a Thursday and the test was positive. I pretty much knew I was getting sick, but the only symptom I had was a really sore throat, but nothing else. And so I was like, maybe it's because I sleep with the fan out, <laughs> you know, and then 
that it was two days of a sore throat. And then that Wednesday, I was down. I was tired. I was exhausted. I was on the couch. I could not take care of my child. I literally just had to sleep. I mean, I was able to get up and breastfeed her when I needed, but besides that, I couldn't do anything. And um, it was that moment. I was like, excuse me. (laughs) It was like, okay, I need to go get tested. So I went and got tested that Thursday morning while I was still feeling pretty terrible. Um, but had to do what I had to do. Had to go to the grocery store, get everything we needed because I knew like I needed to start like pumping vitamins and nutrients into myself because that was how Demi was going to be able to be her healthiest self. Um, and so she didn't end up showing symptoms until like I tested on a Thursday. She didn't show she got a high fever the next day, but all that week she was fine. Um, I did continue to breastfeed. That was recommended um, by CDC, by her pediatrician, um, and by myself, like I knew that I needed to, whatever I needed to keep breastfeeding because she, like the antibodies that are present in breast milk in general, and then the antibodies that are present in breast milk due to me getting the vaccine and due to me actually getting sick, like my body, like it's so amazing. The woman's body is like, my body was like, okay, you're sick. Regardless of what kind of sickness, it's just like, okay, if you're sick, we need to be creating antibodies that, that will be passed through your breast milk to the baby to protect your baby, but you still need to feed your baby. So it was, yeah, it was complex. Um, and then shout out to my doula. Um, I literally can depend on her for like any and everything. Like I need to like get her a gift or something. Um, but I was texting her and she was literally like nursing me back to health, like through my cell phone, like just, yes, she, she's just amazing. And she has all the like natural um, remedies and thing, everything that she told me I did. Um, and I was feeling better. Like literally the next day I was feeling better. Like my fever had gone down, but it wasn't completely away. And then later that day, my fever went completely away, but I was like up and like ready to go. Like I was dancing in the kitchen that Saturday. (laughs) So yeah, that was my mommy moment. Like having (laughs) nurse my baby. She was a champ though. Through it all, she was still smiling and playing, but I could definitely tell that she was sick and it was like, I just wanted to hold her and cuddle her. Um, And I was in the beginning, I was trying not to hold her as much unless I needed to breastfeed her when I, when she wasn't showing symptoms. And then after the fact, I was like, this is my baby. Like I need to touch and embrace my baby because like that's what keeps me feeling good and that's what keeps the breast milk flowing that oxytocin so I did not put my baby down (laughs) um I did wear a mask though um because I was just coughing a lot and I just didn't want to be coughing directly on her even though she was getting what I was getting so yeah Carlos he says that he wasn't sick, but he, your boy was definitely showing signs and symptoms because he is not one to ever lounge around on the couch, no matter what is going on, no matter what. Your boy did not work out for like three or four days, and he was sitting on the couch all weekend. We binge watched Euphoria yet like all weekend. He did not get off the couch. Your boy had on the same pajama clothes the whole weekend, so... Um, yes, he was not feeling well and he still got the after cough like I do. <laughs> so yeah, that's my mommy moment for this week. So now let's get into the topic and it is my postpartum portion of the story while I was still in the hospital. 
Um, and so the last episode left off, um, well, no, I can't even say because there's going to be like um this week's episode is not going to be about my pregnancy stories. It's going to be about like life updates, I think. Um, but the last episode in the pregnancy story, I had the baby. <laughs> she was here. She's here. Um, but postpartum in the hospital. So I had my baby on Saturday, a Saturday, and I didn't leave the hospital until Tuesday, which is actually like a pretty short amount of time after having a cesarean, a C-section as well as high blood pressure and just different things. And so I did take some notes because I feel like I just was forgetting stuff, but I'm not going to forget anything. So I had a C-section. And so right after the C-section, I didn't ask before if I could, if, if I could hold the baby right after. I didn't ask that because I don't know. I think just in the moment, I was just ready to get my baby here. And I was kind of tired of like going back and forth and basically like advocating for myself. Like I was just tired. I was tired. I was just ready for the baby to get here. I knew how important the golden hour was slash is. I know how important it is, but I also just have been praying that entire time. And I'm like, God is going to give me the desires of my heart. Like he is. And so I will have my golden hour in my moment with my my baby, which did happen within the first hour after birth. I was able to hold my baby. So right after she was born, they took her, they weighed her, did all the, the stuff, checking her out. Like I said before, she did poop in the womb. So they just had to make sure she didn't like inhale anything and blah, blah, blah. So Carlos was sitting next to me and I was like, you need to go over there and be eyes on our baby, like eyes on our baby. Cause I told him that no matter what, like she cannot leave your sight. If she leaves the room, you leave the room. If she going in the corner, you going in the corner because I'm sitting there getting stitched back up. So I'm laying there getting stitched up or whatever. And I can hear, you know, all the things that the people are talking to my baby, happy birthday. And they're like asking her name and they're like, you know, just talking to her. And it's like, you don't think about it, but these are the, these are the first energies and vibes that your baby gets. Like, even if you do give birth vaginally, like, Unless you're doing it in your home, in your own space, and you catch your own baby or your significant other catches your baby, or you can be in the hospital and catch your own baby too, but there's somebody like down, there's other people and other energies and vibes like present in the room. Thankfully, I didn't get any like negative vibes from anybody that was in our OR. Um, but yeah, they were like talking to my baby, being really sweet. And it was, it was nice. The nurse who was, um, taking care of me on that shift, like she was watching and whatever, checking and all of that. And so they checked her out. Um, I was still very loopy laying down. Like, of course, like I had just been, um, I got, I guess it's general anesthesia, I think where my body was just like numb from bottom down from like my hips down. Um, but I felt it all over. Oh my gosh. I felt it all over. And I knew that I felt it all over when they did hand me my baby. Um, and I was, <laughs> I was like, um, like I didn't say it out loud cause I, I knew I needed to hold my baby and start skin to skin. But I felt so drugged up and they are rolling me on this rolling bed and I'm holding my baby. I'm like, Lord, please do not let my baby fall. 
please do not let my baby fall. But fun fact, a lot of babies fall in the hospital. In the mommy and baby unit, there were so many signs up about, okay, so the mommy and baby unit, it's like for where I was, and I think it might be customary for other hospitals too, but you don't, the room that you give, that you labor and deliver in, whether that like is the room or you have a C-section and you're in the OR, then you go to another room after. Um, and there were so many signs up because it's a different staff that takes care of women postpartum. So the postpartum unit, but they call it at Emory, the mommy baby unit. And it was so many signs up about like how people like drop their babies and they're like, this is what you need to do. And these are how to avoid it. And Blah blah blah. But I was like, oh my gosh. But that was I was still rolling on the way there. And so I'm on the I'm just like, Lord, please, please. But I wasn't gonna say nothing because I wanted to hold my baby. <laughs> oh man. So yeah, but I was very loopy, and that's how I knew that I was still very drugged up. But prior to us even leaving the room, you know, it was kind of like dead silence or whatever. And so I was telling the nurse, because I don't know if y'all remember the last episode of um my pregnancy story or the birth story. Um, my mom. And so the nurse did agree to like kind of make sure that my mom could come. And so the nurse went up and like spoke on our behalf to make sure that they would let my mom back. And I was like, hey, nurse, like, um, I was like, can you call my mom or just can you, you know, because she's probably already here. So is there some way that you can, you know, just touch base with her? Because at that point, Carlos was very annoyed with my mother. Um, Rightfully, like they both, neither of them were, both of them had valid reasons for feeling the way that they felt. Um, Carlos was annoyed because she was constantly like calling and like people weren't calling me um, or texting me. Some people were like my friend Janae, but I just was responding back to them because <laughs> I just didn't want to talk, um, which nobody had any ill intentions. They were, you know, just excited and like checking in. And my mom was a ball of emotions, like all kinds of emotions. And um, like her, you know, she just, it was just a lot going through her head. Her firstborn is having their firstborn going through major surgery and like there's so much that can happen. And so she just wanted to be in the loop and Carlos wasn't doing a good job of responding. <laughs> but on Carlos's end, he was trying to focus on what he had going on personally and also like being there for me in the room and being present because it was a lot going on in that room. Like, I don't know if the, the last episode about the birth story could really allow people to visualize, but it was just a lot of emotions, a lot of like feelings, like it was just a lot. And I could only imagine because he is a filler, regardless if he says it or not, he's a filler and energies really impact him. And um, so I know like he was just juggling a lot and especially him feeling like that he couldn't be as helpful as he wanted to be. Like, I know that it was a lot. Um, and so my mom just was, she didn't care. She didn't care. Cause at the end of the day, I was her baby. <laughs> and that's how she bullied herself into the hospital. So anywho, the nurse, I asked the nurse, I was like, can you touch base or whatever? And she was like, girl, your mama already here in, in the room. I'm like, oh my gosh. But it didn't make me feel really happy. I was like, oh, I can't wait to see my mom. Cause mind you, like, number one, my whole pregnancy, I was here in Georgia, like not by myself, but not with my family. And then number two, 
like been in the hospital like since Thursday and I gave birth on the Saturday. I was, it just felt good to like, okay, I'm going to see my mama. Even though I knew she was going to be at the house when we came home, but whatever, I was ready. And it's so funny because the person, my mom, my mom's initial reaction to my pregnancy really was not the best and was not helpful for my pregnancy experience but that still was like one of the first people aside from Carlos that I wanted to see and be with and so it's just weird mother oh my gosh it's strange um so yeah she was already in the room and so baby's done or whatever I'm holding baby rolling praying to God that I don't drop my baby and so we get into this I don't remember the official name but it was kind of like a holding room um where we were then then they're waiting on our next room because Beds were filled, y'all. People was having these kids. Um, and so we're waiting. My mom's there. She gets to see the baby and hold the baby, and she's taking pictures. And um, a couple of things happened that were um that were um I guess significant. So Demi had to get an IV in her foot um because they did there was infection present in the womb. And um, now that I'm thinking, I can't remember if I got infected. I can't remember how I got an infection, but I had an infection and so did she. Um, But it wasn't from the meconium. I think it was, I don't remember. I'm not going to say exactly. I could like go through my records, but it's not going to be helpful. But I had an infection and she had an infection too. And so she had to get an IV um put in her little wrist oh my goodness y'all oh my goodness or no was it it was on her hand it was on her hand um but they had to put this like little like oh no they had to put this little um like baby type cast around her wrist her left wrist oh so tiny um because they just you know they had to like cover it to make sure that it wouldn't be moved or anything so it's like this little cardboard cast around her wrist um because she had to get some anti um antibiotics um for the infection but other than that she was fine but they had to take her so carlos went with her to this nurse who had to put in the IV, and the woman was not able to find my baby's name and carlos was like i was about to tell her she needed to call somebody else because she had to try three times and she was just sticking my baby and no demi wasn't crying or anything the baby was she was asleep the whole time like while we were in the hospital field like but he was like she's not just about to keep doing this and so he was like when he came in the room he was like i was about to have to tell her uh uh-uh. and so but she ended up getting it um and they literally they they had only put the um Yeah, they put the IV in her wrist and they put like all her other tags and stuff on her. I think they did that while we were in the first room because she had like, they put like a security monitor that goes off if the baby leaves the floor. Um, And they put like the name tag and it's like, it says like baby Terry and like her sex and stuff. And they put a barcode on her, honey, because they... Y'all, when you're in the hospital, that little barcode that they keep scanning that's on you and on the baby, they are charging you or bringing it up or running it up. And so, um, yeah, she had her barcode too and they were scanning hers because they had to give her the antibiotics um, and that was a charge. And it was like other few things here and there um, that they were charging for. (laughs) 
<laughs> I picked up on that like day one in the hospital. I picked up on that. Because they'll be like, do you want some of this? Do you want that? No, I don't want nothing. I'm fine. I am good. <laughs> but still ended up having to pay a big bill. But anywho. So we were in the room um, waiting. She got the IV. Um, and we were in there waiting for like two hours. Um, but while we were waiting, something really significant finally happened. So like I said, it was still within the first hour that I was able to hold my baby. Like they so they put me back together pretty fast and she got situated pretty fast. And then we were in the room waiting and I finally got to breastfeed. And so Demi wasn't awake and hungry. I mean, like she was still asleep. And so the nurse was kind of like, she was the greatest nurse. And I was kind of sad when we got disconnected with her. Like I said before, she was a travel nurse. Um, So she, yeah. But anywho, she was like, are you ready to try to breastfeed? Because I had to communicate with that communicate that with them when I was checking in that I wanted to breastfeed and they were very great about focusing on my breastfeeding goals actually like too great because I'll get into that let me write that down I forgot all about that but they were very great about that they asked me that ahead of time and everybody who came in my room they were supportive and asking me like how they could support me within my breastfeeding goal with my breastfeeding goals and so back to the room, the nurse was like, you ready? And I was like, yeah, girl. Oh, my God. And so I didn't know what I was doing. And I don't think she really knew what she was doing, but she knew enough. And I knew enough. And so we was figuring it out. It was so funny because my mom was sitting there. And Carlos was in there. Carlos, you know, he didn't see my titties. My mama had us too, but she, she, <laughs> she wasn't, she, her and breastfeeding, she's supportive of it because it's something that is very important to me. But she is still of that generation that is just like, mm-mm, ill, no ma'am. And so, but in the hospital, is man, I was literally laboring like with only a sports bra on or like a crop top sports bra situation on. And I was just booty out, fluids dripping. And at one point I was butt naked just in the room, like titties in multiple cities because one was hanging off the left side and the other <laughs> touching my thigh. Like it was it was wild. And so that kind of made my mom uncomfortable. But she was supportive. She was in there. Anywho, so she the woman, uh the nurse, like gets my breast and she's like massaging it or whatever. Cause mind you, like I'm weak. I'm like weak. And at that point I had said it out loud. I told them I was like because I asked if Carlos or my mom wanted to hold the baby because I just couldn't do it. Like I just didn't have the energy. Like I was feeling very loopy and I said it out loud. And then when it was time to breastfeed, I got her back. And so the woman, the nurse is like massaging my boob because that's how you get the milk going. And I'm sitting here massaging my boob right now. Um, Cause it is probably about to be time to feed. No, I fed her yet. Um, and so, and then she like, she like squeezes and that's good. That's what you call like hand expression and like the milk like squirts out. And I'm like, oh yeah. Oh. Yes, my love. Hi, Timmy. Can I call y'all back? Come on, man. We just want to get it. Okay. Give me like 15 she ate already. Okay. All right. Okay, bye. <laughs> and just when I was thinking, did I feed her? She's hungry. 
But anywho, I'm going to finish this part up and then I'm on a break and feed her. But, um, and so milk comes out and I'm like, it's static, it's static because I would have been trying, but not really like the last few weeks of my pregnancy, like in the shower, I would like massage and try to hand express and squeeze, but nothing was coming out because if you didn't know the first milk that you get, that moms get, uh, unless there is a mom is experiencing some kind of condition where they cannot present physically um, produce milk. Most moms can, um, but the first milk, regardless if you choose to breastfeed or not, the milk is there and it's colostrum. It's like this thick, yellow, very nutrient dense milk. And so it's kind of hard for it to come out. Um, like people underestimate the like suction, the suck of a baby, baby suckle. Like it's a lot of power and a baby suckle can pull it out, pull that colostrum out way better than a pump or anything. A baby suck can pull milk out better than a pump, which is wild to me. I hate the pump, but I use it here and there. But anywho, but she squeezed it and the colostrum came and I, and she was like, look, girl, you ready? Like, when she just plopped the baby on my boob. And thankfully, Demi didn't really have any major latch issues. Like, she she was feeding in that moment. Um, like, she sucked a little. And, like, I think I was still so, like, looped up in under the medicine that, like, I didn't really feel anything. And I think, too, like, just the adrenaline and everything was still running. And so... It was just happening. And I was like, I'm breastfeeding my baby. I'm going to be able to do it. And I was very happy. And shout out to, I cannot remember her name, but shout out to that nurse. Um, So yeah, we were just in there. I fed her and then um, gave her back and like whatever. Um, So like Carlos and my mom, we were sending pictures. Well, I wasn't sending anything from my phone. I don't even think I had my, yes, I did have my phone at that point. Um, but my mom was like, just letting people know that I was okay. And that she was with me. I think she was very excited to have that role and be able to share with the people, share updates with the people about her first biological grandchild. Um, excuse me. I do have, um, my stepsister has, um, kids and her oldest kid is gonna be five little trinity and we're going to disney for her birthday this year not like bullied us like bullied us a spot on a trip so i'm excited um but yeah and so that was everything that was going on like in those moments and then it was time for us to go to our room and my mom left and i did shed a couple tears i did because i just wasn't ready for her to leave yet Okay, back from feeding the baby and checking in a little bit with Carlos while we snacked on buffalo chicken dip. If you shop at Sam's, you should try their buffalo chicken dip. It's in like their refrigeration section and it is so good. It's already pre-made and so you just microwave it. Um, So we just kind of snack on that, but it's really good. Anywho, so I think I left off. Um, that we were just kind of wrapping up in that holding room and we left. I was crying because my mom was leaving. Um, And so we got to the mommy and baby unit. And uh, when we got there, y'all, believe it or not, I was like really bored. I did not know what to do because Demi was asleep the whole entire time, it feels like. And, And like looking back, I think I took that for granted so much. Like, because now, like, we be waiting on her to nap. But in the beginning, she used to sleep so much. Like, I remember, like, calling my mom and being like, she's still asleep. Like, do I need to wake her up? And then I now know that babies, well, I knew then, too. But babies, like, sleep 
in the beginning, like 18 hours, 18 to 20 hours a day. Anywho, so yeah, I was bored and I remember just kind of like being on my phone, but I wasn't sharing like on my social media that I had had the baby and stuff. And then Carlos, he ended up like getting some sleep. And then like I was kind of sharing earlier, he's not a person that likes to lounge around and be stationary. So my boy was like, baby, like I need to like go on a walk. Like I need some fresh air. I need to like do something and he was even at some point he like went and asked them if they had a gym in the hospital which they did but due to COVID like people couldn't like normal people that weren't employees couldn't utilize it and so and I knew I know that about him and so I wasn't even upset that he needed to have a moment for himself because I knew I was like, he need, he needs this. Like, no, I can't get up right now and do anything, you know, because I would love to do something, you know, get up and walk and, you know, I want some space in the break, but whatever. I knew that he needed that because I, I just know that about my person. And so I was like, do what you got to do. And so he did. And he was gone for a minute, y'all. Like he was gone. I can't remember if I ended up calling somebody or what. I think I was just kind of on my phone and watching TV and no, what was happening? <laughs> Cause I was um, like trying to like, I was like moving around a little bit, but I was only in the bed because I still, uh, the catheter was still in my urethra. <laughs> and so um, I was, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like trying to pick up, feed the baby. Like if the baby was moving, like I would pick her up and hold her. Um, or like I was just trying to feed her whenever she would. Oh my gosh, like I got this video. It's so cute. Like she would just do this little like mouthing motion like she's sucking. And so whenever she would do that, I would just put her on the boob. And y'all, I promise, and I'll talk about cluster feeding. But she was literally feeding like every 15 to 20 minutes. And I'm gonna put a pin in that conversation because <clears throat> yes, this is some that's part that's important. But anywho, what was happening while I was picking her up, all of those different moments, this little alarm kept going off in the room, and I did not know why it was going off, but it was only going off whenever I was moving. And so I'm like, I'm I call a lady in the first time. I'm like, there's an alarm going off because you would think that they would come in the room once they hear the alarm, but they didn't. So I had to like press the little call button. I'm like, um, there's an alarm going off in here. Can somebody come help? So they came in and helped, and apparently it was my IV. And so my IV, because the nurses that the nurses before I even had my baby placed my IV in the joint of my arm, which is not a good place to put an IV for a mom who's about to be picking up and putting down a baby. And so uh, apparently that's like one of the easiest spots to like find a vein because the the new nurse that that it was like that ended up fixing the IV, putting it in a better place, told me she was like, that's, you know, she was like, some nurses, they're just trying to get it quick and then they just put it right there. But like, no, they shouldn't have did that because you're a new mom and like you need to move the joints of your arm. So every time I'm like, I'm like, like really moving the joints of my arms. And so the alarm just kept going off, kept going off, kept going off. It went off probably like five times. Like I promise. And there was one time that I didn't even call. I just like let it play to see if it would cut off and it never cut off. And and it came to, I was like, somebody needs to move this. I was like, somebody needs to move this. And so 
they were like, okay, we'll get somebody that can come in and rearrange it. And that took a minute, like in between me waiting for somebody to do it, the alarm's still going off. And I'm like, Lord, like, no, somebody needs to, and I kept calling and like trying to get them to hurry up because I'm like, we don't want to hear that. The baby sleep. I'm just had a baby. Like, I don't want to hear that. Like it was loud too. So that kept happening. <laughs> that kept happening. So yeah, but Demi was asleep the whole time. Like she woke up here and there, but never really. I think she cried like once, maybe. Um, but it wasn't for long. But we did hear other babies like crying whenever the door would open. But besides that, the room was pretty soundproof because I was like, "Dang, is anybody else here?" And I was like, "Yeah, girl, every room is full." So that was that. The nurses kept coming in and out like clockwork. Like, I promise y'all. Oh, my gosh. It was like clockwork. Like, literally, their jobs do not stop. And I have so much respect and admiration for them, even the mean ones, even the mean ones. But they're coming in like clockwork. Like, if I can remember... So I, had, I got a nurse. I had a, a really, and I'm not ageist, no, but I had like a really young nurse who looked like one of my students, like my current students that are currently like juniors in college. And I wanted to ask so bad. I'm like, oh, like, but I didn't. But she was taking care of me. Um, and yeah, so it was like nurses. And then there was like a nurse tech, I think, or something with tech at the end and then the baby she had her own nurse like that was a nurse specifically for the baby it was just a lot of people coming in and so I can't remember everybody's titles but I can know that there was like my nurse that was coming to take care of me and check on my things the baby had a nurse and then the tech person they were responsible for like everything like involving the room and so it was at one point like they hadn't come and emptied my trash like and so the nurse tech was like on the people that needed to come in and like they were like making sure like because there was sanitizer like in the room because everybody that came in the room had to like sanitize their hands and blah blah, blah. so it was just a lot of people that was like running in and out and so some of the things that were happening um so basically like there's a a checklist that mommies and babies have to um, complete, quote unquote, before leaving um, the hospital. And so one of those first things was like establishing good, strong, like is good, strong breastfeeding start. And so, like I said I, before, I did nurse in the little holding room that we were in. And then it came time, like I was nursing like by myself, like in the room, but the nurses knew that I was breastfeeding. Um, they would ask and check in on that because I think the focus was just making sure that the baby was eating because I didn't know, and they probably said something to me before, but it didn't really register to me until like the end of the fact, but like the, um, a person, they did a nurse or somebody kept coming in and checking, not kept, but checked the baby's weight, I think like twice while we were there. Um, in the postpartum unit, in the mommy baby unit. Um, and so they were needing to know like how much the baby is feeding. And because I was breastfeeding, and I think it might be the same for formula feeding moms, but y'all, they gave me this log, right? And I was supposed to log every time the baby ate, how much the baby ate, when the baby peed, when the baby pooed. It was so much. And I thought that it was optional because I was not taking note. I was kind of like making mental note myself. And I was doing a pretty good job making mental note note um but they were coming in here and checking that sheet and asking me questions like it was a pop quiz I was like oh 
my gosh, OMG. Um, and so, but the thing that frustrated me the most about the cheat is like, it felt for me, it felt like a quiz, like, like a test, like there was a right and wrong answer, but they never gave me like, what are the right answers? Like there were little indicators on a lot of the handouts that they gave me and um, on the log itself. But I don't know. I just feel like I wish that there was more conversation um, being had. Like, okay, like cluster feeding is what's happening right now. Because one of the people that does they that does come visit, but they didn't come visit on that first night, is a lactation consultant. Because some hospitals, some hospitals have them available due to COVID. It's just been kind of like all over the place. A lot of stuff, but some hospitals have them available. Some don't, um, or they just work different hours. And then the way that my insurance worked, like I was a part of Kaiser. So Kaiser Lactation Consultants were the people that had to help me. And they were only there certain times of the day, certain days of the week, blah, 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 blah. But they didn't come that first night. But y'all, the checklist started that first night. And I'm like, um, she's like, how many times the baby ate? How many, how long did the baby feed? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know if the baby is eating. Cause like my baby didn't poop at all. Like the, the, I told y'all before, like my baby pooped in the womb. And then right when she came out, she pooped on the table, but didn't poop from that point, from that Saturday morning through Tuesday afternoon when we left, she still had not dookie. And so I was like, dang, is my baby even eating? Um, they did another, um, so that was the breastfeeding log. That was a part of the thing. So they needed to make sure that strong breastfeeding, a strong breastfeeding habit had been established. Um, at no point did they like force formula on me, um, but I'm going to revert back to what I was saying. I put a pin in cluster feeding. So I knew it. I knew what cluster feeding was before making it to this point like in my like after delivering the baby and breastfeeding I knew that cluster feeding was supposed to happen in the beginning I knew it was going to be like every 20 to 30 minutes I knew it was just going to be constant and it was going to be draining it was going to be a lot but I just I guess I didn't know how it was going to feel like it was they say, they say, lactation consultants, certified breastfeeding specialists, everybody says breastfeeding isn't supposed to be painful. But guess what? It does actually hurt. It hurts. It hurts. It's a sensation that you have not felt before or experienced before if you're doing it for the first time. And so guess what? It's it's It hurts. It's For me, I'm going to say it hurt. But it is a different feeling very much different feeling um and they don't talk about that they're just like you're not supposed to feel anything like it's and I'm like what do you mean I'm not supposed to feel anything like this is not the same as my man sucking on my titty like this is different somebody is trying to suck something out of it um and so I was struggling in that regard like struggling and I was getting so exhausted because it was like every time she would just start moving her mouth I promise it didn't even seem like 20 to 30 minutes my girl was on the boob like every 10 <laughs> like it was a lot and so and then like I was just trying to maneuver like the different breastfeeding positions because it just didn't seem to me like Demi had a strong latch. But I've come to the conclusion now that I just have a big areola and 
not a lot of women have big areolas, um, but most, I guess, most pictures and things that I saw, um, like the babies, the baby was latched around like the entire areola. And so because she didn't have my entire areola in her mouth, I thought that she didn't have a good enough latch. Um, and I was very worried, very concerned, but I never really said anything. I just kind of was like asking the lactation consultant because I did request for one to come um, to my room in addition to their regular schedule. I did ask for one to come because I was like, I don't think she's latched well. And they're like, yes, she is. And so it was a combination of that and a combination of the fact that I was like tired. I was tired, like physically, mentally, emotionally. And I was tired of like breastfeeding just in those like few days because it was so much and it did not feel good to me. She's like down there like whining now. It did not feel good. And it just was not going and so <laughs> before I left the hospital y'all it was literally like th that Tuesday morning when we were about to leave or a few hours before we were about to leave and so everything was checking out and the nurse that I had she was really cool at that point and I was like I had a new nurse and I was like can I like get some formula and she was like yeah she was like you you know are you everything going okay with the breastfeeding and stuff like that and i was like yeah i was like i just need a moment like i just need a break because it, she was feeding so often and so they brought these individually wrapped nipples and then this like case of let me check my text messages maybe she's just playing um and this case of formula that was like already in like the little bottle. I had never seen this before. I thought formula was just the powder. I didn't know or whatever. I'm trying to read instructions because I'm like, I know she's not supposed to drink all of this because I did remember from my breastfeeding classes that literally the baby's stomach is the size of like a penny or a nickel when they're first born. And so they literally only need like not even a spoonful of milk to fill them up. They just need drops of this colostrum to get them full. And so I was like, I know she ain't supposed to drink this whole thing. But at this point, I was just like, well, at least I know my baby is eating and I know how much she is eating. And so she didn't really even get a lot of formula like in the hospital. I think I may have gave her like one and she didn't even finish the whole thing. Um, and then when we got home, I did continue to do both because I was still just in so much pain. It wasn't until like week two that I was like week three, week two or week three where I was exclusively breastfeeding, but I'll talk about that part, um, eventually. And so, yeah, that was something that was happening, but that was a part of the checklist. We had to establish breastfeeding. Another part of the checklist, they had to check to make sure that the baby, my baby wasn't jaundice. And so jaundice is, you notice jaundice in a baby because a baby will be um, um, yellow, like their skin, the yellowing of their skin and their eyes. And it's a, it's a liver condition. And it's really most times like noticed in um, preterm babies. Um, and so it's, it, it's just, it, jaundice just could it could it signifies that something internally um just needs to be checked within the baby i'm not saying that something is wrong i'm saying something needs to be checked but you see that because of yellowing but there's a um the way that they i guess assess that there's a score um i can't remember <laughs> i can't remember the 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 scale for it um let me see if i can look it up 
I can't remember it, but but they did because they're checking the baby's bilirubin, bilirubin, bilirubin. Yeah, they're they're checking that. Um, but there's a score. Let me see if I can read really quick. This baby's symptoms: yellowing of the skin and whites of the eyes. Usually appears between the second and fourth day. Examine. Um, yeah, I can't. So the cause is excess bilirubin is the main cause of jaundice. And bilirubin um, is bilirubin, which is responsible for the yellow color of jaundice, is a normal part of the pigment release from the breakdown of used red blood cells. Newborns produce more bilirubin than adults do because of greater production and faster breakdown of red blood cells in the first few days of life. Normally, the liver filters the bilirubin from the bloodstream and releases it into the intestinal tract. I was just about to say, because they kept the the reason why they harp on a baby's first poop so much is because if a baby is pooping, like bilirubin, the bilirubin is leaving. Um, a newborn's immature liver often can't remove bilirubin quickly enough, causing an excess of bilirubin jaundice disease. Normal. Due to these normal newborn conditions, this is called physiologic jaundice, and it typically appears on the second or third day of life. Other causes, internal bleeding, infection, or sepsis. I do remember that word. Other viral or bacterial infections. Incompatibility between the mother's blood and the baby's blood. A liver malfunction. Um, an enzyme deficiency. Um... Oh, I did not know this. Risk factors, major risk factors for jaundice, particularly severe jaundice that can cause complications, include premature birth, significant bruising during birth, blood type, breastfeeding, is set in, in race. Breastfeeding, breastfed babies, particularly those who have difficulty nursing or getting enough nutrition are a higher risk of jaundice. Dehydration or low caloric intake may contribute to the onset of jaundice. However, because of the benefits of breastfeeding, experts still recommend it. Yes, um, it is important to make sure your baby gets enough to eat and is adequately hydrated, which is why they probably had that log too, because I promise y'all. Um, so there is a lot of um, things on here, but that was something like a jaundice test. There was a score associated with it, but I can't remember the scale. Um, and so that was that. That was one of the checklists for the baby. And then another, they came and they did a hearing test and an eye test. Demi passed her eye test the first go round. In the hearing test, she passed in her left ear, but not her right. And so they came back and they redid the hearing test and she passed in that. Um, and then also another check was they weighed her. And so typically it's very normal for babies to lose weight within like the first one first one week, the first week of life, like they should lose weight, um, but not in an excessive amount of weight. It's like, if you think about it, they're like infused with all this fluid and water. Um, so they should gradually start to lose that. Um, and so they lose like a few ounces, maybe up to a pound, um, but it shouldn't be excessive. Um, and that should happen. It really happens like in the first couple days like they start to lose that weight but then they can bounce back just as quick um but um also if they're not back at their birth weight it, it's not uh like red flag but it's a conversation if they don't make it back to their birth weight by the time by the time you have that first appointment which you have your first 
um, baby appointment within the baby's first week of life. Um, and so I'll talk about that a little bit more um, later too. But Demi, she did lose a couple ounces. She was born at 8-1 and I think she got down to 7-4, um, 7 pounds, 4 ounces. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. So that they checked that on her too. And I can't remember what else. See, checklist, milestones. Um, so, yeah, and then for me, there was a few check things that I had to do. So once I got the catheter removed, I had to prove that I could pee on my own and that it wasn't painful and there was no infection or anything present. And so they like put like a measuring bowl. They gave me a measuring bowl and put it in the toilet and I peed into it. So gross. And the nurse, those are like, I give it up to the nurses. Like she had to go and like check my measured pee. Um, I I don't think I know for I think for women who give birth vaginally, you have to do a poop test. Like you have to poop before you leave, but I didn't have to poop before I left, even though I do very vividly remember my first poop when I got home. I was very happy and I felt very relieved that I pooped. Um, so that was that. And then they were still monitoring my blood pressure, which my blood pressure did. Like, it was, y'all, it was low the whole time we were <laughs> in the postpartum mommy baby unit. It was low. But tell me why the day that I know that I'm going home, this time I knew I was going home because the billing office called me. They called me and asked me, what could I pay on my baby bill? <laughs> Or no, they didn't ask me what can I pay. They were like, "This is how much you owe." Um, we take Visa, Mastercard, American Express. Oh, that's how I knew I was about to go home. And then I don't know. I guess I don't know what happened, but my blood pressure went up. It went up like that last day. But the nurse, the last nurse who was there, she was very sweet too, and she was working with me. She was like, "Look, these are some things I need you to do. I'm gonna walk out." do what you need to do and then I'm come back and I'm going to check it. And then there was one point she was just like, you know what? I'm just going to check it back to back. Cause girl, you going home. And I was like, thank you. Um, so they were monitoring that, but I think the pee and like me getting up and just walking, but I didn't have to like, they didn't like, I didn't walk in the hallway or anything like that, but that could have been because of COVID and whatnot. Um, but I think if I wanted to, I could, I could have asked and done that, but I just chose not to. I like stayed in the room. Um, and was kind of like walking around the room and cause I had a window and whatnot. And Carlos ended up like ordering, we ordered pizza and stuff like that. And so, you know, I was chilling and up and lively or whatever, but that was, those were the things that they monitored for me. And of course they like checked my incision. So my incision, I literally did not feel it. Um, I was still numb in that area. Like it was like I would get up from the bed and like I couldn't I could never just stand fully upright like I could not stand up and it felt like whenever I was up that my whole body was just gonna fall to the ground like uh, it was it was just so I just my body just felt so heavy and logged down um, but I could not feel it and still parts of my stomach I can feel like a little numbing slash like not pain but not comfort feeling uncomfortable feeling um so yeah they were checking that and um I thought I was gonna go home with like all the bandages and whatnot on me but nope they took all the bandages and stuff off <laughs> they were like girl no I gotta air out and heal I was like ah 
So that was that. Um, and I think one significant thing, like things were going as they go, but one significant thing that caused me to get kind of emotional, um, I hadn't looked myself in the mirror like in like more than 24 hours. Like I hadn't looked myself in the mirror. Like I went, I had my baby. We, I like was being willed away at like 940 um, a.m. that Saturday morning. And I didn't have to get up out of my bed to go pee until Monday morning when they took the catheter out. Um, and I hadn't looked at myself. And so I finally like got up and I like looked at myself when I like went and did my first pee and like I just got so emotional and like I closed the door and I just kind of like started to cry like I don't know I don't know why I just remember that that was the first time like I remember like my like tear like I I have shed a few tears when Sammy was born but then this was like more of like a <laughs> like cry when I looked myself in the mirror and I don't know maybe that was just like the signifying moment that like okay girl you is different now um so that happened and then another moment I remember um was like Carlos having to help me shower like I didn't like shower as in like submerge myself in water like no like y'all I was taking like a little bird bath and Carlos was helping me because mind you I couldn't stand up straight for nothing and so Carlos like wipes my butt like disgusting because there's still like fluid and blood and stuff and even though I didn't get birth vaginally like there was still stuff that was coming up out of there because that's just what was going on um and he was like I just I couldn't I was like oh my gosh like the one of the most vulnerable moments like of my life like like oh my gosh like it's whoo like just a lot and he could have very well declined and been like no let's ask a nurse to help you out but no he did it with no complaints without me even asking him like he was helping me wash myself up like lord um so that was that and then another just key moment i remember just thinking through and which is like my first feelings and emotions um for my baby and the first feeling for me wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm so in love with my baby. I love my baby. Like, oh my gosh, this is God's greatest gift. Those were not my first feelings. My first feelings really were like, oh, S-H-I-T. Like, what is happening? Like, this is really my life. And in that moment when uh, I think like Carlos was out of the room and Demi was like, sleep and I didn't want to talk to anybody on the phone I didn't want to text and I was just kind of sitting there like just thinking through a lot of things and that first night I was just like oh my gosh like this I'm responsible for this person like and you get into your head and you're just like what kind of person will you be like will you be great will you be a serial killer like what what are you going to love? Like, what are you going to like? Am I going to be a good mom to you? Like all these different things were going through my head. And it was just like this kind of like state of internal panic that was, was happening for me in this moment. And to this day, well, kind of until like 
like four months in, like I felt so guilty because I did like the first emotion that I had for my baby was not love. I felt so guilty for that. And it took me a minute to even say it out loud to Carlos because I was like, I just, it felt like a stranger to me. Like my baby sitting in that basket just felt like a stranger, even though we had just gone through 10 months of bonding and being together. But I just remember that moment and that reflection. But I think I'm grateful for that moment, for that reflection, and for me being honest with myself in that moment because I feel like the love that I have for my baby now is so it's organic and it's 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 my it's my love like for her. And like and it's not I didn't love my baby because I didn't love my baby because I didn't want my baby or whatever. Like I just it took a minute to sit and realize like, okay, like we have to learn to like each other, learn to grow with each other, and we're learning to love each other. I don't even know if I'm explaining that like as best as I can, but that was just a real, real feeling. And like I just said before, like I'm grateful that I've been honest with myself in that feeling because I feel like the expectation is is on moms to automatically just be so in love and ready to be the best nurturer and provider and all of these things for their child. And that's just not the case for every single mom. And I feel like moms are afraid to be honest with their true feelings at many points of the journey because of how society has laid out that this is what we need to be. This is what we need to feel. This is how, and it's just not, it's not the same for everybody. And it's just not, that's just not always the case. Like, it's not always the case. And I I felt mad at myself for a while because I was like, damn, like, do I love my baby? Like, why don't I love my baby? Why am I not like, ooh, goo goo, ah, ah. Like, parts of me, like, felt very, like, scared to hold my baby. Like, after she was born, like, mind you, I had never really held a newborn baby, like, at all, ever in my life, like, actually, like, no, I never held a newborn baby until I held my baby, because my mama, number one, she did not play that, we wasn't going around holding people's babies, because babies are fragile, and babies get sick easily, that's number one, and number two, uh uh-uh, I I just hearing all the babies, like, having soft spots in their heads, and just how easily, like, how, like, so, yeah, they're just so fragile. I was like, I'm not, no. And so I never really held babies. But I always, you know, was like, oh, I love little babies. But <laughs> not really. Um, I guess that was different once I had my own. It just, it felt different. And there were a bunch of other thoughts and emotions that and, and reflections that I needed to have first and experiences that I needed to have first with my child so that that love could grow and develop. And like, like I said, it is organic and now it is so robust and she is my like little best friend. Like we're learning each other. I feel like hell she had to learn me too. Like, yeah, she just, she just wanted some milk, a lot of milk in the beginning, but we were growing in, in becoming connected with each other, learning each other and learning how to trust each other. Cause I feel like there were times too in the beginning Carlos just text, can you bring a onesie when you come down? Yep. She be soaking through her clothes, y'all. Oh my gosh. Um, but there were times too in the beginning where I would be holding her and she would just be crying. And I'm like, girl, what is wrong? You are fed. You are changed. You like have everything you need. I'm holding you. Like, 
what else? And uh, like, I feel like she could sense a lot of like the tension, like the tension or how tense I was and how, you know, I had, I was just in my head. I feel like she could, she was experiencing all of that. And so just as I was like, oh my gosh, who are you? She was looking at me like, oh my gosh, who are you? And so all that to say, like, I'm, I'm grateful that I've been honest with myself in that aspect because I feel like I just wouldn't be able to live with myself, like holding this secret in and just faking along, like, I don't know. So when you listen to this, my dear Demi, mommy is very madly in love with you. And I have loved you like since I knew that you were existing in my belly, but it was a, not but, and it was a process for this love to to grow and to be what we need our love to be for, for our relationship. And yeah, I don't even know if any of that makes sense, but like, I just want other moms out there to just be honest with yourself, like be honest with yourself, like that's what's going to get you through because postpartum, like postpartum literally started for me straight. Like when I was, when I was laying on that table, I'm, that's already like going through my mind, through my head. Like it's in, and everybody's postpartum experience is so different and it can lead to a lot of different things. But I feel like if you're honest with yourself, first, then you can be honest with those around you and what you're experiencing. And so I wasn't answering the phone for people after I had my baby or trying to call people after I had my baby because I just didn't want to talk. Like I knew what I was experiencing was something that I needed to experience and I didn't want to have to put on and be fake, like talking to people over the phone. Cause you know, first people's first question, like, how are you? And then if I'm like, you know, I'm over here really wondering like what just happened like I am responsible for this human I'm responsible for me helping my body heal um like it's just a lot of things that were going through my head they already were asking for the money to pay for the birth of the baby like it was just a lot and so I didn't want to talk to anybody because I knew in those moments I wasn't going to be able to be honest I was going to give them a quick answer I'm good I'm good I'm good and I knew I wasn't and I didn't want to keep saying that because the more I would say that then I would start to believe that I was truly good I mean I was okay Hey, I was fine, but there were just some things that I was processing and it took a very long time. And so, um, in short, to wrap this up, um, we passed all our checks. We ended up going home that Tuesday night. Like my mom had balloons delivered to her room in the hospital. It made me cry. My mom and my dad. Um, and then, um, so it was time to go. You gotta, you can't leave the hospital without your baby in a car seat. So Carlos, um, he went and got the car seat the night before. Um, and I had to put the baby in the car seat by myself. I did not know what I was doing. I had to FaceTime my mom. Cause I was like, these straps, they too loose, like help me. And I realized that I hadn't read a manual or anything, um, because I didn't think it was our time yet. It was not our time. So as you get your stuff, open your stuff, open your gifts and start to unpack as you get your stuff and start to read manuals and instructions so that you know those things. Nine times out of 10, you probably gonna forget all that stuff anyway, but something might stick um, because I did not know what I was doing. And so while Carlos is like taking our stuff to the car and he goes to get their car, cause there's no concierge either. Like you gotta carry all your stuff and whatnot by yourself. Um, 
So um, the nurse comes and check on checks on me, and she's like, "Are you ready?" And I was like, "No, I'm not." But legally, uh, I think there's some legal things where, like, nurses or anybody in the hospital can't help you um, put the baby in the car seat because if they put the baby in the car seat wrong and you say it, they're kind of liable for that. Um, but the nurse, the it was a nurse tech that was helping me like get my stuff get myself ready to go um she did um I had Demi in there way too tight I had her way too tight and so she like did this little hand check where she like slid her hand underneath the buckle and the 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 straps in the buckle that comes from underneath the baby's butt um and she was like it's too tight and so she was showing me like how to loosen it um and whatever because she could tell that I didn't know and so there are some hospitals do have um, car seat. I think the abbreviation is like CSPT, car seat safety people team. I don't know. But some hospitals do have those people there um, and they can help you. Um, fire departments can help you like install a car seat and tell you like how to use your car seat. Um, and there's a lot of resources out there on it. I was in a car seat safety group before I gave birth, but like I said, yeah, I wasn't ready. So that was a part of what happened. Um, and then I got this little to-go bag. Um, <laughs> this nurse, like this memory blue bag. And they like gave me some diapers and stuff. And I cleared out everything that was in the room. And so that's another thing, new moms. If you're giving birth in the hospital, get all that free stuff. And get what's in the room. And then ask for some more. And so I got like two little things of newborn pampers. I got... Um, a few boxes of formula and the little bottle nipples. Um, got some onesies because, like I said, y'all, I wasn't ready. And I didn't have Demi's stuff out where it was supposed to be when Carlos came home. So she didn't even have, like, her little first. She only had, like, one outfit to wear that came from our house. And so she didn't even get to take her little fancy picture with her little monogram sleep thingy. My mama was so upset. And I was like, honey, girl, she will wear that stuff. Anywho. Um, but take everything that's in that room, take everything that's in that room, take it, take it and ask for some more because honey, you're going to get that bill. Like you're going to get that bill and you're going to regret it. So take everything, take everything. Um, so I did that and, um, yeah, we packed up and they put me on this little wheelie thing and she took me downstairs and Carlos had to be like in front of the hospital um, and I got in the car, put the baby in the car and we rode home and it was such a like surreal, like it was, a it was, this was a moment that I had just been imagining in my head, like us leaving the hospital and going home together. I don't know if you're like me, like, like I said, I've always, you know, been fond of babies. And when I was growing up, I used to watch a baby story on TLC. And that was always one of the moments that like, they, they spent a lot of time on <laughs> like, the mama leaving the hospital with the baby and all of that, the cameras in there, and then them getting home and introducing the baby to the dog and to whoever's at the house waiting. Like that was always like such a moment. And so I had envisioned this moment in my head. And we came home um, and being met the baby. I like let my mama know that we was there. Carlos went and kind of like prepped Bean because we knew Bean was going to be very excited. And then I went in, um, Carlos then got set with the baby and then I went in and I like, talk to Bean and like because he hadn't seen me since that Thursday oh my gosh I was away from my dog so long 
And um, to make a long story short, I brought the baby in. But Bean, um, we did let him sniff. He did have one of her blankets from the hospital. Um, my mama took it to, brought it to him um, while we were still in the hospital. So when she saw us that Saturday, she took Bean a blanket and the blanket was in his bed or whatever. But he still was like, what is this? This is my mama. And so, yeah, then postpartum life continued at home. Um, my mom, we were just sitting there talking about everything. I'm still trying to breastfeed and it was still like hurting, but I was doing it. At this point, I had my breast friend uh, breastfeeding pillow. That's the brand, my breast friend. Um and I do like that better than the Bobby pillow because the My Breast Friend pillow offers back support um, versus the Bobby, which is like a, a half moon. Um, so that's the breastfeeding pillow I had. And so I was using that. I was using regular pillows. It was a lot. Um, I feel like I forgot to talk about what my breastfeeding when the lactation consultants were coming in. Something that they showed me that I started to do while I was at home, they um, continued to show me how to hand express. And so I learned how to hand express the colostrum. Again, the colostrum is thick, so it doesn't come out as like leaky and as runny as regular milk once you get your... There are different types of milk. And I'm going to do an episode on breastfeeding as best as I can. I'm no like, specialist, so I'm only going to talk about what I know. So you got your colostrum, then you got your four milk, and then you got your high milk. Um, and the colostrum is the thickest out of all of them. Four milk is watery. I think I'm saying this right. It's like more watery. Um, and then the high milk is like the the, the 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 good part of the milk. Like all of it's good, but it's like the the part of the meal that's just like, mm, mm, mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Um, but anywho, the colostrum is thick. And so they were showing me how to hand express. Like they was literally like, y'all, like grabbing my boobs and like, like massage and massage, massage, squeeze, massage, 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 squeeze. And it was really coming out. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, and what she showed me, she got me some syringes because I ended up being honest with the um, with the lactation consultant. And I was like, honestly, like this hurts and I'm just kind of tired. And she was like, well, you got to keep moving your milk so that it, you know, it signifies that the baby is eating and like so it can like stay and be there with you. And I'm so glad that she reiterated. I knew that, but I'm glad she reiterated and she didn't give up on me and go right to formula. It was a Hispanic older woman. She was so cute. Like somebody's grandma. She was so cute. And so she got me these syringes and she showed me like she was literally doing it for me. And it was come to a point where I just was kind of like dozing off while she was hand expressing my milk, getting the syringe and kind of like syringing the milk up, putting the cap on the syringes. And like she was putting them down and she ended up getting me like about 10 syringes filled. And I think it's only like five milliliters that were in each syringe. And I was able to syringe free feed Demi um, that night. And so she was getting my breast milk and not formula. At that point, I hadn't asked for formula. Anyway, I would just let her know that I was tired um, and that I just kind of just wanted to get my nipples a break because my nipples were like blistery when I got home and just raw. And I was like, Mm-mm. but I didn't give up. I was still doing both when I got home. And then, yeah, so fast forward to back home, talk to my mom and it's time for dinner. She had went grocery shopping for us and everything. Um, And so she cooked us some salmon, some spinach and 
I think I forgot what it, oh, and some baked sweet potatoes. And while she was doing that, of course, the baby was sleeping. She was like, I'll watch the baby, like, go do what you need to do or whatever. And so I went upstairs and I needed to like sit in some water because I was stanky. I needed to sit in some water. And so before I did that, um, I like went to the nursery and because Carlos was like cleaning out the bathroom. And so I like sat in the nursery and I just like started crying, y'all. Thank God, like the my mama was noisy in the kitchen and Carlos had music up loud. And I just was in the nursery and I was just crying like this, like flood of emotions that has had come over me and like. Carlos and I, we just sat there, like, in that moment and, like, hugged it out. <laughs> I'm crying now. Um, but it was just such, like, a, I don't know, like, again, it was one of those, like, transitional moments or those moments um, where I was like, wow, like, my life is shifting, like, it's shifting so much, like, whether I'm ready for it or not, like, it's going. And um, just was sitting there, oh, I'm with emotion again. Um, Carlos let me sit in that moment because you know, he liked to talk. He let me sit in that moment. And then, um, you know, he started to ask. And so I was like, I'm just scared. Like, this is a lot of responsibility. I'm not ready for this. And now looking back, it's like, girl, you was ready when you was, you know, whatever. <laughs> but um, it was just, I was just scared like I'm scared I don't know what to do I'm sitting in this nursery that I had like spent all this time buying stuff for and decorating and I'm at home my baby's fine like she's okay she's healthy she's at home with me which was a blessing in itself not one point that I have to be separated from my child and I thank God for that because I don't know like what I would do or I don't, I just don't know how I would have been able to, just the emotions that I was managing with my baby, with me, healthy. Like if my baby had to be, like had to go and be in the NICU or had to like stay in the NICU and I had to go home, like I just don't even know how I would begin to manage that set of emotions. And so I thank God that she was there with me. Everything was fine, but not, but, um, well, yeah, but like I was still just so just overwhelmed and it's like looking back it's so funny because it's like why were you overwhelmed then she was sleeping 90 percent of the day but trust me like there's just a lot of emotions and feelings that come with it and so i'm gonna end this episode here (laughs) um and then the next episode will probably be about my home journey postpartum or it might be about something else I don't know, but I thank you for making it this far and listening um, to Dear Demi the Pod. Um, I am your host, Jamicia. And again, Dear Demi is just an opportunity for me to reflect out loud um, my journey through pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, and just my experiences with being a first-time mommy with hopes that my sweet Dear Demi will one day hear this and be able to know um, exactly what her mommy was feeling, thinking, experiencing, and growing through. Shout out to all my new moms, my wannabe moms, dads, everybody, all the parents that stand in the place, stand in the place of need um, for our kids, everybody. Like, shout out to y'all, because it truly does, like, take a village, like, I don't know. I would not be where I am today if it were not for the people around me. Even as much as I wanted to shut people out the whole time, like 
people still found their way to be with me and be near me um, and to be be a blessing to me and to my family. So I hope that this is a blessing to those of you that are listening. So until next time, y'all, I hope you enjoy the rest of your week.